Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. What links would you go to to do something that you really, really wanted to do? You ever thought about that? Like something you really, really wanted to do, what links would you go to? Now, I've kind of watched the, you know, the news and watched what people do this week, and I, it's really amazing when you think about it. Um, I, I saw last night that there was a professional football game on, and I didn't watch the game, but I saw scenes of it. Apparently, it was, the windshield was like negative 20-something, and the stadium was full. Like, I just don't, I don't know. And here was one funny video I saw. I saw them take a bottle of water out of the fridge at the stadium. And when they took the bottle of water, they videotaped, when they took the bottle of water out of the fridge, it froze solid. It just went and froze solid, like in their hands and everything, you know. And that's one of those $8 bottles of water, you know, because it's in the, and I thought like, wow, who, you know, uh, who would do that? Well, if you really, really want to, you'll do it. We do amazing things when it's something we really want. And uh, so I wanted to talk to you about that this morning because we've been walking through the book of Luke and there's this story where there are these, uh, these guys that have a friend who needs healing. And they hear about Jesus they know what he can do, and they conclude, if we could just get our friend to Jesus, it'll solve everything. He can do it. We've just got to get him into Jesus' presence and in front of him, and there's a huge chance maybe he will heal our friend. And so they go to extraordinary lengths to do it, to get him there, so that the possibility of Jesus healing them happens. And it does. He does heal them. But I want to read to you the story, and I want to talk to you about these links that they went to. Uh, it's in Luke chapter 5. It starts in verse 17. And it's talking about Jesus and his teaching. And it says, One day he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judah, Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Now, I got to say, this is probably, if he's teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law, this is a next level class. Okay, this isn't your Sunday morning small group. It's a next level class. It, it, these are, are seminary level. This is serious, serious discussion. Most of us would sit there in this class and be like, you know, this is over my head, you know. But it, the opportunity exists for this kind of class. These scholars come out of the woodwork. That's what's happened. And all these scholars are gathered around, okay? So this isn't your normal every day from what it sounds like to me. He's teaching the multitudes and there's, you know, 5,000 people. No, they're cramped, they're crammed into a house. More people showed up than they thought. And there's all of these people who, who are gathered for this seminary class, okay? It says in verse 18, Some men came, 
carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. This is not what Jesus is doing right now. Jesus is teaching a seminary class, okay? He's not walking down the street where before, you know, a blind man's called out and says, heal me, or a lady's touched his rug. Like, it's not like that. It's not like he's talking to the whole masses. He's, he's in a seminary class. And they're trying to get their paralyzed friend into the seminary class, right? Verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began to think to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can, who can forgive sins but God alone? Get the picture. They're bringing him. I, I'm also wondering what they're thinking at this moment. We brought him because we want, he's paralyzed, right? And, and we're, we're bringing him to him and we're thinking he's going to heal him. And he says, You're, what great faith you guys have. Your sins are forgiven. Right? And then these guys, the, the rest of the seminary students are going, we know the scripture. He doesn't have the right or authority to do that, right? Verse 22, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Now that would be a scary moment for me. Can you imagine being in that situation and you're thinking something and Jesus looks at you and goes, why are you thinking that? Right? Why are you thinking that? And then he says to them, which is easier? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Now that's a great question. Which is easier to say? Now, I, I got to tell you, I think it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. You get, you get why? I mean, if I say your sins are forgiven, what's the, what's the proof? But if, but if he says, get up and walk, <laughs> then, I mean, it, it, it's about to be seen whether that's real or not, right? Now, technically... What he's trying to argue is saying your sins are forgiven is actually harder, right? I mean, this is just a physical ailment. Forgiving your sins, like who has the authority to do that, right? But it is easier to say the other. So he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man, this is what he always called himself. You know, he talked in third person a lot of times and he would call himself the Son of Man which was an Old Testament term used for uh, this coming Messiah, you know. And so he called himself the Son of Man. So you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he's, he's like, your sins are forgiven. And they're murmuring. He says, you think that's harder? Like, which is harder? Well, I want you to know that what I already said is factual, that I have the authority to forgive sins. So to prove that to you, that I have the authority to forgive sins, he turns to the guy and says, get up, take your mat, go back to the house. Immediately, it says the man stood up in front of them, he took what he'd been lying on, and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed gave praise to God, they were filled with awe, 
and said, we've seen remarkable things today. I should say so. Best seminary class they've ever been to in their life, right? You know? Now, we could focus on a lot of things in this story. Obviously, there's the power of Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to straighten out some things in your life. But what I want to focus on is something that Luke doesn't talk very much about. It's just kind of a side note. There were these four friends, right? There were these friends, and they bring. Now, Luke only says some men. We know from another passage there's four of them, but there's just some men. And they want to bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And I thought about this, and I thought, like, what, what would you do if you really, really wanted someone in your life to get connected with Jesus. I mean, like you, you realized the solution to this person's problem is a relationship with Jesus Christ. A, a solution, the solution to this person's problem is an encounter with Jesus Christ. If I could just get this person to, to have an encounter with Jesus, if I could just put them in the same room, if I could bring them together where this person hears about Jesus, you know, gets in a room like this where people are worshiping Jesus and hears the word of God, like if I could just get them there, that it could change their life. Like, and I just really want to do it. And it doesn't matter like what the weather is or what the situation, I just feel like I got to make this happen. I need to get this done. It's amazing what we do when we, you know, things need to happen. My, my daughter this week called and says like, we, uh, we bought a bed, she, they bought it, they, have, they just moved to Birmingham, they got an extra bedroom, and so they needed a bed for the extra bedroom, and they bought a bed from one of you, and so now they need the bed to get from here to their house, so they called me, right, and by the way, uh, this call was coming in like on last Sunday or Monday, something like that. And they were like, and by the way, we have company coming Friday. Yeah, okay. All right. Hey, that bed's set up in their house right now, right? Just kind of worked it like, looked at my schedule, figured it out. When can we go, you know? When can I get it done? And then, of course, Perlene kind of throws a little something in there because she goes like, well, I want to go. So I got to schedule it around. When can I go? When can she go? When can we get the bed? Whatever, you know, all that stuff. We got the bed, took it up there, set it up. And then, then, you children. Then we went and grabbed a bite to eat. And we paid for it. I don't understand how the, you know... I'm just going to tell you, that trip would have been so much cheaper if Perlene hadn't have gone with me. You know what I mean? Like, like Perlene, if I go, I come home, she goes, did you pay for their meal? I'm like, I ain't paying for their meal. I just carried them a bed. But no, no, she went with me. And, and somehow we got to the dinner and my two other sons and one of them's wife showed up. I paid for dinner for seven people. And carried the bed. I just don't get this world and this life. I don't know what. 
But by Thursday night, the bed's up. If you want to get something done, let's just face it. If you really want to get something done, what would you do to get it done? We're pretty amazing. Some of you are really determined individuals, and you know how to get stuff done. What does it take to bring someone to Christ? So I want to share with you seven things. If you're a blank filler in her, let's go, all right? Number one, they were willing to believe. See, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is really the answer, that an encounter with Jesus, that Jesus can solve their problems, it doesn't matter what else we talk about this morning. It's not going to solve anything. It's not going to do anything because you're not going to put forth any... It doesn't matter, right? It, it matters if you truly believe. If you believe that Jesus Christ can solve that problem, will, if it's his will, right, solve that problem, and that an encounter with him is, is something magnificent, something life-altering, if you believe that, then you will go to great lengths. Like, if I really, really believe, if I could just get my friend, if I could just get my friend in a conversation with me about this, if I could just get my friend to sit, to go to church with me once, like, if I could just get them, if I could just do this, and I'm, if you really believe that, then, then that's the kickoff point. That's the starting point. I mean, there's been times where we, Perlene and I have talked about, like if we, we've had somebody, maybe they're going through something, there's a struggle in there. We've literally said, if we could just get them in our house, if we could just get that person over to our house and just hang out with us for a few hours, just like they just need to see what it's like for people who love each other and care about each other and believe in the Lord, if we could just get them over here, you know, and then they, they, they could it'd be just a whole different environment than anything they're, they're used to. Have been. If we could just get them over here, we could love on them a little bit and tell them about the Lord and tell them some truth. We just need to get them in here, right? And, and if you really believe that, what do you start doing? Oh, you start inviting. You start cooking. You start, do, you know, you start doing stuff, right? It starts with your belief. And note, I'm not just talking about the fact that you believe that Jesus Christ has something important for you. See, there was a whole room full of people who believed that God had something, you know, Jesus had something important to say for them. They were gathered, they wanted him to teach him, right? But he, all of those people, they didn't believe that he had something to do that could help that guy, right? So the important thing is not just that you believe that the Lord has something to do for you. The important thing is, do you believe that the Lord can do something to change that person's life? Are you willing to believe? Second thing, they were willing to do something. <clears throat> to do something. <clears throat> and it was a physical do something. <clears throat> you know, we... Some of it, you know, we can be a little lazy, right? You, you realize that? Like, we can, you know... Don't want to do too much, right? We'll say things, but to do something, to invest some energy in something, some effort, 
That's a different level, right? <clears throat> I'm going to do something about it. People talk about stuff all the time. They'll complain about stuff all the time, right? <clears throat> Sorry, y'all. They'll complain. And, you know, it's like, do something. I had a friend of mine one time, and he was an engineer. He had a pretty good job with Alabama Power Company. <clears throat> but he, he was a chemical engineer, and he would... But he complained all the time about his job and his salary and everything. And he kept saying that there were people in his who had his level of education and stuff. Like they made way more money and all this. And every time I was around him, he complained about it. And um, I got really tired of it. I got really tired of hearing it. <clears throat> and I just said, <clears throat> his name was Randy. <clears throat> and I said, Randy, if there are all these jobs that you're talking about that pay way more money, why don't you shut up and go apply for them and go get one? If you've got all the qualifications and the jobs are out there, quit complaining about it. I'm tired of hearing it. Go do something. Have you ever applied for one of those jobs? Well, no. I said, then just be quiet. Well, he never said anything to me about it again. He also never applied for one of those jobs. Now, I don't know if he was just complaining and the jobs never existed, but I will tell you this. He never did anything about it. Now, I think our world is filled with people who love to complain about stuff but never do anything. We just talk about it. Now, at least these guys were willing to do something. So if you really believe that there's a friend of yours and they need that, that you believe that an encounter with Jesus Christ will change their life, then don't sit around and talk about their life. Don't sit around and talk about what's going on with them. Don't talk about all their problems and all their stuff. Do something about it. Now you can't fix their problem. None of these guys could heal their friend. What they could do is get their friend into the presence of Jesus Christ. Now it's between him and Jesus. But they could do that. They were willing to do something. Third, they were willing to work together. They are willing to work together. Now clearly, here's a paralyzed person, that's what it says. So at minimum... This has got to be at least a two-person job. And I, I think it's a, you know, a four-person job, right? We've got to carry a dude. Don't know how far, right? A few blocks away, cross town, carry a dude. I don't think they have a, a, a van, right, with a ramp on it, right? I think they're carrying the dude, right? We need at least four people. I'd like six if it was me, maybe eight, right? You know, four on each side, two on the ends, sheet, you know, whatever, tart, let's carry this guy. So they're recruiting each other, right? Now, I've been in these situations. There's one, there's one head recruiter, right? There's one who's, they're the most passionate, they need at least one sidekick who joins in their passion with them, and now they're rounding up people to go with them. 
There might even be one in the group that's just kind of so what, you know, I, I don't know, you know, whatever, but like they're going, well, you're go Joe, you're going, right? You know? Well, I don't know, you know, I got the Joe, I helped you move two weeks ago. You better get yourself over here, right? And they're recruiting and they're like, let's do this. And they are working together. Like, so it's like, listen. The ones who are sitting around gossiping about the friend, hey, instead of us talking about it, let's do something about it. You in? Will you help me? Let's get them, let's, let's get them in the presence of Jesus Christ. Let's get them to church. Let's get them to our small group. Let's get them into our home. Let's get them together on an outing with us. Let's all go together. I got a friend of mine. He'll be in church today. I think he comes to the third service. And uh, it was a time in his life he wasn't following the Lord. And uh, he ended up on an adventure with me and a buddy of mine. And there was a series of, of, uh, of weeks together. We were doing a little broadcast thing for sports. And so there were three of us and we had to ride to away games. And there was about four or five of them. And I'm just going to tell you, those changed his life. Because we were cutting up and talking and sharing. And as we would talk and share in the car, you know, you're locked in a car with somebody. Truth comes out. Truth comes out. And the more we talked, the more truth came out. And now he's in church with me every Sunday, you know. Because, you know, there was a certain point where we said, let's take him with us, right? You got to be willing to work together. You got to find your crew that will help you on the project and you work together and make it happen, right? Fourth, they were willing to get dirty. Now, I just want you to know something. If somebody's stuck in the mud, I got bad news for you. If you want to get them out, guess what? You're going to get muddy. Let me tell you something that happens to me right now during basketball season almost every day. Okay? Let me describe this to you. We have practice. It's like an hour and a half. They're practicing real hard. They finish. They're 16. Think about the condition that they're in at that moment. As practice ends, they sit down over on the side. The coach talks to them for a few minutes. They pull their shoes off during this process. That's what they do. They're all taking their shoes off because you've got to put your basketball shoes up to put on your other shoes because you don't wear your basketball shoes outside. So they take their shoes off. And then I, I help at a Christian school. So we conclude practice with a prayer. All right, let's huddle up and let's pray. And now you huddle up. And here's 15, 16-year-olds that have just sweated for an hour and a half and they don't have their shoes on. And we get in a huddle and we put our arms around each other like this. Now, I just want you to know, I'm not sweaty. And when you put your arms around them, they're wet. It's nasty. And we pray, and then I go wash my hands. 
Can't, can't help you with the smell. That's just part of it, you know. After a game, it's a little easier. You can, you know, strategically place yourself between somebody who didn't get to play. And uh, I'm just saying, like, if you, if you want to pray with the team, if you want to pray with the team, you got to get in that circle. And that's the way it is in life. If they're going to get this guy to, to Jesus, they have a barrier and they can't get there. The only way they can get there is to do something that's really crazy. They go up on the roof and these, this style of home where they live were generally clay brick, you know, kind of with mud, you know, on the outside stucco, if you will. And they usually had some kind of outside staircase because they would use the roof, a flat roof, as kind of part of the, the home. And so they, they would have taken him up there and then they removed the tiles on the roof, dug away on the roof, and lowered him down through a hole. That's a pretty good-sized hole. And that's some serious work. Sometimes I think about this and I wonder... You know, this is a dry, arid place, pretty hot place, and I'm wondering how hot it was, you know. It really doesn't even matter. There's no good time to be on a roof. If you were on a roof this week, that's a bad time to be on a roof. That's cold, right? If you're on the roof in July, that's a bad time to be on a roof, right? Probably not many good times to be on the roof, right? And so they're up there on the roof, tearing it apart, getting their hands dirty, including carrying him, right? They got to carry their friend all the way up here, dig through the roof. Look, if you want to get somebody out of the mud, you're going to get muddy. And if you want to help your friend and they've got issues, you're going to get a little issue on you, right? There's just no way around it. They got stuff going on in their life. They got problems. They got troubles. And then that's going to, you know, you're going to have to deal with some of that. And, you know, that's hard for us. It's hard for me. I don't really like yucky, you know. I, I don't mean just yucky. I mean like life yucky. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. <laughs> you know. You start saying, let's talk. How are you doing? They start telling you, you know, and you're like, whoa. You know, that's... That's a lot, you know, and, and you and now you're in it, right? Now you're in all that stuff. Now you're invested in all that stuff because your friend now has opened up to you, and now you you've got to deal with their depression or their anxiety or their relationship issue or their whatever, and like there's a part of you went, "Whoo! I wish I'd have never asked," right? Sometimes the mud's not the kind that gets on your hands. Sometimes it's all the, the junk, right? And now you've got to deal with it. But they were willing to get dirty because they decided, I really, really want my friend to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And in order for my friend to have an encounter with Jesus Christ, then I'm going to have to get a little dirty. I'm going to have to do a little something that I didn't know I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily, you know, want to do but I'm going to do it 
It's different when you get dirty for yourself. That's different, right? But now I'm getting dirty because I want this person to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know, if you want somebody to have an encounter with Christ, you might have to get a little dirty. Fifth thing. To me, this is harder than getting dirty. They were willing to invest time. Their time. You think these people had something to do? I bet they did. I think the things that people do are different than what they used to have to do. Certainly if we go back hundreds of years, what's occupying their time and what they're worried about are different kinds of things. But I don't for one instance think that lives are not just as busy and worrisome. That people are, weren't having to fret over what needs to get done and there was a list of things that needed to get done. Like they're having to do all these things, right? There was stuff that had to be done. Now, do we have more stuff? I think so, because our stuff doesn't take as long. Like we're not scrubbing every dish, we're just sticking it in a dishwasher. So we have more time to do more things, and we have more things, and so we do more things, right? But they still had to wash every dish, right? They're, they're worried about, like, they have things they have to do. And so it's like, if I'm doing this, guess what? I'm not doing the other things on my list of things that need to get done. So if I invest time in carrying this friend of mine for an encounter with Jesus, then I... I'm losing time for the things that need to get done. And tomorrow, those things still have to get done. And so I'm paying a hefty cost in time. And some of you are like me. Like, sometimes time is the most valuable thing you have. And so when you're carving out time to carry a bed to Birmingham, like that's cutting into your time for other things. You're having to shuffle things around. You'd rather get dirty... And spend some money or do something else. Then invest. Like time is your most valuable commodity. I don't know about these people. But I'm just telling you. I think it, they had to invest time. They had to go get the guy. I wonder how much they had to convince him. I don't know. He might have started the whole thing. He might have been the one that said take me to Jesus. I don't know. But they had to invest some time didn't they? They had to go get him. They had to make arrangements. They had to figure out how they were going to do it. They had to load him up, carry him, however far, however long that took. Think about that. Let's say it was just one mile. Now, I can walk one mile by myself easy in 20 minutes. Booking it, it would take about 15 minutes, like really walking fast that's not carrying anything right so now we're carrying working together carrying how long is it going to take us to carry this person a mile at least 30 minutes right that's one mile i don't know how far it was but they got to go get him they got to get the tarp 
we forgot the tarp, we got to go to Lowe's, we got to get the tarp, we got to come back. Y'all know how that is, right? And they load him up and they carry him and they spend all this time. Are you willing to invest the time to carry your friend to Jesus? Sixth thing, they were willing to spend their money. Now, I got to tell you, it's a, it's a decision, and it wasn't just a get-dirty decision to take that roof apart. Because you got to know, as soon as they're taking that roof apart, they're making an investment. We're going to be responsible for repairing this roof. If we take this roof apart, we've got to fix this roof. Well, how much does a roof repair cost? <laughs> I'm sure it costs a lot of money. It's always cost a lot of money. Right? Cost a lot of money today, cost a lot of money 40 years ago, it still it cost a lot of money 300 years ago. Like it, it cost time and money, materials. We got to get this together. And they have to redo some stuff, but we're willing to spend money to fix the roof, to do whatever's got to be done to get it right and fix it right. You may have to spend some money. You're going to take somebody out to eat, talk to them about the Lord. You have to spend a little money. Go pick somebody up. You're going to have to spend some little gas. You know, you got to do some stuff. You might have to spend more than that to help somebody. But they were willing to spend their money. So think about it. They believed so much that an encounter with Jesus would help their friend. They're willing to get dirty. They're willing to spend time. They're willing to spend money. I just really, really, really want to get my friend right here in front of Jesus and then finally they were even willing to be the object of ridicule this might be the hardest yet they come up and they start doing this thing right and people are looking at them going what are you doing what are you doing you're wasting your time You're, you're doing what, right? And for some of us, that's the worst part. The worst part is when you believe in something so much and there are other people who don't believe and they will look at you and they'll tell you you're crazy. I started this message off by saying there were people who went to a football game last night in Kansas City in the windshield was like negative 20 something and I think they're crazy are you willing that if you try to bring somebody to Jesus Christ to risk that somebody else thinks you're crazy they think that what you're doing is not going to solve anything that you're wasting your time that you're wasting your money that you're wasting your energy if that person's never going to get things straightened out with Jesus Christ, and I don't know what you're doing, taking that person in or having them over or bringing them to church. We're like, why are you even doing that? Are you willing to be the object of ridicule? We're going to close with this. I want you to think about whoever that is. Is there a person in your life you just really, really, really want them to know who Jesus is. You want them to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to do.
to bring them together with Jesus Christ. They had no guarantee that Jesus would heal them. You don't either. They did all of the above. We have the win of the story, right? They did all of the above with no guarantee that the Lord was going to fix this problem. But they still did it, right? They did all of it just for the possibility, just for the encounter with Jesus Christ. What are you willing to do? Would you invest that? Because the, the truth is, he can change their life. He can change their life. And you might be the catalyst that he's waiting on to bring them to him. So I want to pray for you this morning. Would you stand with me? Let me pray for you this morning. Dear Lord, I pray that we would be willing to do whatever to bring someone to Jesus Christ. To help them have an encounter with you. To let them know who you are. To share your love with them. Lord, to do whatever we need to do to just show them truth. To gather them in to the body of Christ. And let them know your love and your forgiveness. Your grace and your mercy. Your peace. They need it so much. Lord, sometimes it's just bringing somebody into that environment that they, they can feel it and they know something's different and they, they, they begin to desire it and to want it and they learn who you are. Lord, we just want to do that. And right now there's somebody on our mind and our heart and I pray that in this audience there's someone who says, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do something. I do believe. And I'm going to do something. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.